0: work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hey hey there, welcome back to the podcast. If you are great at what you're doing, which I'm just going to assume that you are, (laughs) then chances are you will eventually Have a time when your services have more demand than the amount of hours that you have to support your clients while also continuing to build your business, right? And when that time comes, remember that other than burning yourself out by doing all the things, you also have another option, and that is hiring some team members. So not all at once, of course, but over time, you can strategically hire people to free up some precious CEO space and grow your business beyond anything you could possibly do alone. It can be done. Just take a look at our guest today, Brittany McBean. Brittany is a launch strategist and conversion copywriter who specializes in anti sleaze, ethical, incredibly high converting copy for online course creators and educators. She went from hiring one contractor for only five hours a month to having two employees and three contractors. Oh, she's speaking my language. This week, I sat down with Brittany who became my new best friend in about 20 minutes (laughs) and talked about how she built her team and grew her business. I know that so many of you are struggling with this right this second. So let's make it a bit easier and go ask Brittany how she learned to build a team strategically. Brittany. It is so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. Uh, quick and dirty is I am a uh, launch strategist and copywriter. I write launches, funnels, copy, um, all of that stuff for course creators, usually people that are having multi-six figure or bigger launches and, and really need some strategy behind it. So that's that's what I do. I
0: love it. And we're definitely going to have to have you back on the podcast a second time to talk all things launches because yeah. today we're talking team, but I, I would can love talk to launch-
1: all day long.
0: You and me both. This is going to, mm-hmm. it's going to be like our longest episode ever once we get Perfect. to launch it. <laughs> we'll
1: just bring our coffee and we'll just, we'll just to it. We'll just bring our coffee and chat.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. So today we are talking about team and I love the fact that you have number one built a team. Cause you know, I'm all about team right now. Tell me, do you have like an internal team that is doing your operations or do you have an agency where other people are also doing copy?
1: A little bit of both. So my okay. team structure as it is now, there are only two employees in my business. So myself and then a full-time a copy lead. We're, we're on payroll and we are the two people that go all in on the client side of our business. And so my employee, his name is John. He is incredible. He does all the client communication, um, a large part of the um, the copy projects and the writing. And of course, I'm doing all of like the strategy, the client-facing meetings, um, all of the like edits and final copy edits, all, all that stuff. And so So we are the two employees in the business and we focus on the client side of the business in terms of both operations. And then also like the educational side of the business, like whether it's free content or paid content, um, I have an integrator. Her name is Erica McCauley and she is like from the Lord. She is an angel. (laughs) She's incredible. I don't think anybody else would ever describe her as an angel, but for me, she's (laughs) like, Like heaven sent, she'll she'll laugh at that, don't worry. But <laughs> she is my integrator. She works about uh, in the business about 30 hours a month and she handles like all, she, she was my first hire, which I know we'll talk about, but she handles all of like the high level operations, uh, the system strategy, the processes. And then she delegates to, uh, and so she's a contractor and so she has other clients and she delegates things to my operations assistant. Her name is Emma and Emma is also a contractor and she does all of the install, all of the tech, you know Erica and I work together for the strategy and then Emma installs and then we also have a YouTube manager her name is Andrea and um Erica and I both work with her for for content. So that is the entire team. So two employees, three contractors.
0: Amazing. Okay, and when did you make your first hire? Like how far back did you make your first hire?
1: About 2 years ago. So I I started like playing around with this business in 2019, like my daughter just turned one, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sleeping again." Like, what <laughs> else should I do with my time? And so I kind of started this like entrepreneur route, and you know, dipped my toe into a couple of things before I was like, "Ooh, copywriting's a thing. I really like this." And so I think that took me about like six months to kind of hone in on the fact that I wanted to be a copywriter, that I love this industry, that I really wanted to to learn all about like courses and lunches and writing and sales and all of that stuff, and I started working with a client. It was not a good fit. It was not a healthy situation. And I like my anxiety plummeted and I struggle with anxiety and depression. I'm medicated mm-hmm. for both. Like I work with them and they're, I'm in a really good place with that. But at that time I wasn't medicated. I wasn't doing super well. And I, and my business also wasn't making a lot of money, but I just mm-hmm. said to my husband, like either I have to quit this and then go find something else for our family. Cause we couldn't just live off of his income and then figure out what to do with our daughter in terms of childcare, or like, I need help. And we had no money in the family budget at all. But he was like, let's try this for a month. Let's take out a little bit of money from our personal savings, because Mm -hmm. it all was personal money. And and, um, so I just started looking, I thought I was looking for a VA. And, you know, when I was looking, I was really, really intentionally looking for someone who specialized in systems, because I knew that that was my biggest weakness. You know, it wasn't that I needed like, a task-oriented role, I really needed help, like fine-tuning the systems and processes and the automation. automation. And so I ended up finding Erica. And instead of hiring a VA, I really started with her as an OBM. And that was my very first hire. And her rate was obviously higher than I had expected. But what I did then was say, what if I only had you for like three hours a month, five hours a month? I think we started with like five to 10 hours a month. Um So I like lowered the hours because I knew I'd be getting more help. And it literally changed everything. And I know that's oversimplistic, but it was, it was the difference between me crashing and burning and this business completely taking off. And within, within like nine months of her starting with me, we had made our first six figures and it was, yeah, it was really wild. Like it was a really quick journey, um, but that had everything to do with it. So it was, I didn't hire a VA first and I didn't hire junior writers first. I hired an OBM first and that was a thousand percent the right move. And it's what I recommend to other people who aren't um, skilled in the yeah. systems and process area. So
0: I wanted to dive into this because I'll be honest, I always tell people like you need an implementer first and then you right. need like the OBM is the manager yeah. of everything. You know what right. I mean? And so I think a lot of people listening are going to be like, wait, but how did that work? So yeah. let's <laughs> let's talk more about, so Erica was doing more like systems creation and setup for you to kind of like build out the actual kind of framework and process for it. Is that right? Or how, how did that work with her? Yes.
1: And she was also at that time implementing, cause it was the only okay. teammate I had. And so she has definitely moved up in the business. Like she's right. grown, her role has grown with the business. And so a thousand percent, I agree that you like need an implementer. Like mm-hmm. I I suck at implementing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I just stare at the computer and like, I just in my head. It's like, you're never going to get it right. Why even start, right? Like oh, I suck at implementing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, and one thing that Erica and I have, like, she's really taught me and, I, and I've really kind of realized is that if I had someone who was just a task-based role, mm-hmm. then their role was dependent on me telling them what to do. Yes. And I didn't know what to tell them. Right. So yeah. like that's not fair to that person. And it's not fair to my husband who just took money out of our savings. It's not fair to me and my business. If I'm having to spend time like on, you know, quality control, when I don't even know what I want. And I'm like kind of micromanaging. So I'm like, here, go do this thing, but I don't know how to tell you to do it. So let me micromanage you. And, right. and so one of the first things Erica did when she came in was we, I basically said, this is my idea. I want this really streamlined like, client inquiry process and client acquisition. And basically from the first sales call all the way through onboarding, Like, I want to streamline that. So it's a really high-end experience so I can start charging premium prices. And so we basically, I was like, this is what I want to happen. And then I think this and this and this and this should happen. I had no idea how to make that happen. And mm-hmm. she went and made all of it happen, implemented everything. And so she was the implementer, but but she was also the strategist because I wouldn't have known, like we use HoneyBook and I wouldn't have known like, okay, do this in HoneyBook and then this and this and this. I was like, I have this tool. I think it's great. So she was the implementer and and I needed that, but I also needed someone who could strategize the system for me, not someone yeah. who simply did the tasks I told them because I wouldn't have been able to tell them that's not fair to them, right? No, that's that's fantastic. And I, and I love
0: that because number one, it shows us that there's not just one right way and there's not totally. one road, right? And number two, it shows us that even if you have like, somebody who is a strategist on the front end, you know, even if you're working with somebody, let's say somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, well, I already have a VA, but I'm sort of feeling like there are things that I don't know, like they're resonating with this conversation. I think what you can also do is hire a strategist for that specific need in the short term on and a then, project, yeah, yeah, on a project, and have that strategist not just work with you as the client, but also with your team member with your VA, so that then the VA can take that the implementation, you know, yeah. and and kind of run with it. And I've done that short term, even with things like podcast um, right. stuff, you know. So um, when I was first starting to get on more people's podcasts, I wanted kind of a strategy around that, and so we hired a podcast PR person. This was like a couple, probably going on three years ago right? Because it was right when I first hired Jay LaRay. So we hired a podcast PR person to kind of come together and create a strategy for us pitching. And then Jay LaRay was responsible for actually reaching out. So it. I love it. following up and everything. Um, the other thing that I love that you mentioned is what I consider delegating outcomes. And I talk a lot about this with Agency Thrive Mind a lot of times, because we start with people who we delegate tasks to, right? Mm-hmm. And then the goal eventually is to have somebody in our business that you can riff off of, like you've done with Erica and be like, here's kind of what I want this to look like, like you go and like create, yeah. you know, instead of having to tell them like step one in what this is, is this and step two and step three. So when we can get to that point of like delegating decision-making and outcomes, like, oh, that's what it feels so good.
1: <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. And I, I thought I was a control freak before I started this business. And then it yeah. turns out like I have too much anxiety to try to control mm-hmm. everything. So Everyone I hire, I trust fully, and like when when there's a question that they need me to answer, I answer it. Like I want to be helpful and say like, yes, this is how we're going to do it if a decision needs to be made. But other than that, like I don't tell them what to do. Like when Mm -hmm. I hired our full time employee, it was like, hey, this is how we write for clients, and and so like that was a lot. There was a lot more um, like initial like hand holding and onboarding there because it was like this is not just our process for writing launches, not like step one through. 150 it was also like this is the craft behind the copy that we write that converts yeah. so well and this is why you know like what we do differently but now I'm like I give him the strategy and like we don't talk a ton until it's time to turn something in because I just trust him so fully yeah. and same with Erica and and even Emma, you know, like she'll, we're actually in the middle of a launch right now. And, and yeah. Emma will boxer me because Erica's off and we like, we close our laptops at five, but you know, yeah. every now and then you need something. And, and she's like, oh, like, I don't know if we can do this with the strategy, but I can look into another idea. And I'm like, no, whatever's easiest. I don't care. Yeah. Like, do the mm-hmm. thing that makes sense. I trust you. You don't have to come back and tell me what it is. And it's yeah. so it's so freeing to just like trust people. I was going to say,
0: yeah, I was going to say the same thing, like how freeing it feels when you're just like, yeah, I trust you to make this decision. And like, if you need to loop me in or let me know like information that I need, awesome. But if I don't need to know it, like, don't tell me because it's yeah. just something else yeah. in my brain. You
1: know? And choosing your battles, right? Like yeah, it's like, okay, totally. at the end of the day, like we need to have a good launch. I need to have a good webinar. I need to like really nurture these people, have the right messaging, like all of that. But I don't care whether the emails go out from convert kit or easy webinar. Like, or like if one doesn't like there was one email that we literally couldn't send out from a technical aspect. I was like, cool, cut it. Yeah. Whatever. That's mm-hmm. if that if that makes and breaks our launch, then like we've got a bigger problem. Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) Love that. And love that you have found kind of your place as the CEO. You know, I think that a lot of people, a lot of times people have a really hard time giving up control of all of the things and what, what we're gleaning from this conversation. And from what I talk to people about all the dang time is when you actually can give up that control to people that you trust. Like number one, it skyrockets your business in ways that you never even imagined. And number two, it is so darn freeing and you're allowed to be the CEO of your business and do those higher level things that are needed in order to take your business forward. We'll be back with the rest of our episode in just a couple minutes. But first, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about the legendary Launch Manager Certification Program. So our goal in creating this Launch Management Certification was not only to teach you how to create amazing project plans, but also amazing experiences and outcomes for you as a Launch Manager, for the launch team, and of course, for your clients. In our three-month cohort, you will learn different launch strategies and how to implement them, how to create a finished and flushed out and supportive project plan, what to look for in order to better optimize launch deliverables like sales pages and social media copy, team and client management, and so much more. By the end of the three months, you'll have the skills, the know-how, and the templates to lead even the most complex launches. But we actually don't stop there. After you're a Certified Launch Manager, you'll also be added to our referral network, and you'll also get three free months in our Certified Launch Management membership. This is where you'll continue to learn about business building skills as well as ongoing launch education. Because as we know, best practices in launches and launch system strategy and implementation changes all the time, and we wanna make sure that you stay in the know. If this sounds absolutely amazing, head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash launch to learn more and enroll in our next cohort, which starts soon, like super soon. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash launch. Okay, back to the episode. What has been the change in trajectory from your business? Like you already mentioned that within the first nine months, you'd made like $100,000. What else, what other changes, you know, either monetary or otherwise have you seen in your business since then? Oh man,
1: it's... It really is bonkers. And I feel like I could sound like I was just like sitting here flexing. So I'll, I'll try not to, but like. You know, all the time. Like, we got to put up for right. our damn
0: cells, right? right? Like, <laughs> the yeah, hair, put the hair. Or, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> But in 2019, when I started my business, I took home, like after taxes, took home seven thousand dollars for the year, like seven zero zero zero. And to be frank, that wasn't that far off from like other annual salaries I had had. Like, I mean, obviously lower, but like I've never been a high earner. My degrees in musical theater. I don't have a business. Mine too. Hi. We have, oh my gosh. We're we going to have to do a coffee yeah. chat. Have, and
0: just, there's like, just too much.
1: Friends. Yes. Okay. There's too much here. It. There's too much. <laughs> clearly, clearly destined to be. Um, but, you know, that like, it wasn't like, that, I mean, that hurt our family, but it also wasn't like, oh, now we're not going to be able to form our lifestyle because we were like, we were struggling. Yeah. So anything was going to be good for me. And so I think that that was really nice, like kind of setting the bar low and just like, what's the best we can do right now? What's the best we can do right now? So that happened. And then 2020 I did $172,000 in client work alone, Mm -hmm. like just copywriting, not a scalable product like that alone. And then we hired John, got that arm of the business really, really tight. That's still where I spend the majority of the time in the business. Um, But this past year, we launched our first course. So because I've had the team, I've been you know that wasn't, I launched the YouTube, I launched a course, like none of that was possible before I had the team because I couldn't get out of the client side of the business. And so where my goal for this year was $400,000 and when i say goal it's like oh, let's see if this happens like even yeah. if it doesn't who cares like who needs that much money right like it was just like <laughs> let's see like i'm not going to i yeah. i'm too anxious i'm not going to stress out this goal and, <laughs> and i think we're on track to do a little over 300,000 which is yeah. just really really exciting in in 2 years and knowing that like Oh my god! We can buy real curtains instead of like the yes. king size bed sheets I've had hanging from my living room window for seven years. Like no joke, you know. And I love it providing yeah. for my team. And so, um, and I think just having some authority in the industry and and being being able to be really loud about how I think marketing should be, which I am, and like actually having that heard a little bit because my name has gotten out there. And that's that's feels really douchey to say, but it is. No, that's I love it. That's yeah. really exciting to me.
0: Yeah. And you should be really excited and really proud of that. I think that, you know, sometimes we, we try to like minimize our accomplishments because we don't want to feel like we're bragging, but on the other side of it, I think that people need to see what's possible. You know, one of the reasons that I got into podcasting and that I'm so darn loud about like my accomplishments in the industry is because I got tired of VAs and OBMs thinking that like five or $10,000 months were all there was. Like if they made that, like they, you know, that was the pinnacle. And I want people to know that like $50,000 months are possible, $100,000 months are possible. And if we don't see examples of that, then we don't know that that's possible. So I appreciate you. And I appreciate, I'm so excited for you. Um, And I just think that this is like only the beginning, like I'm definitely, well, you're probably going to be on my podcast a lot because a year from now, I need to know like what else. What is happened?
1: Yeah. I know. What happened? I know. <laughs> where, where are they now? Yeah. You know? yeah. And awesome. like, if there's a ceiling, not necessarily on like earning, but if there's a ceiling on like my mental health and like, cool, then, then we yeah, put a ceiling at it, absolutely. right? And it's like, this is what the business looks like. Like, I don't need to have that million dollar business, right. but also like, what could we do? How much of an impact could we have? Like yeah. how much money can we have to donate at the end of the year? Right. Like, just like, let's see. Yeah, what, what
0: could we do? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that You know, even as you grow, like what I've found is that as I grow my business larger, I need to create different ways for me to protect my own mental and physical health and everything, you know, and, and for us, that means that like, we now have like managers basically in, you know, quote unquote departments kind of thing. Yeah. And it still allows me the freedom to be able to work, you know, ha- and have an agency and have, you know, a coaching and a course program and platforms right. and everything too. So there are definitely ways to like insulate yourself and to allow that growth. But I think it's also so amazing to know that like you get to decide when enough is enough and yeah. what this looks like in the future. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, and you've done such a phenomenal job of, of, of that balance, right? Of not like we have to be the biggest, loudest thing ever. And like, I'm going to be as big and loud as I want to. And my team is going to like, you know what I mean? It's Yeah. yeah. I think it's really special what you've done. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay.
0: So question of the season for all of my guests for season six is how do you work daily on improving as a leader in your space?
1: I, that's a hard question because I've never considered myself a leader or, and it's not something that I necessarily have like, that I had skill in. When it comes to my team, I don't lead them. We all work together. I let them do their thing. They tell me what to do. That's easy, right? Like I'm like, that's the easiest. In the space, this has been hard for me to own because there are a lot of leaders in the marketing space. There are a lot of leaders in the copywriting space. And I didn't feel like there was space for me. And then I realized that like I actually have a different opinion or perspective or approach than a lot of people. And sometimes it's just different. And sometimes I actually think it's better or less harmful. And... I'm okay being loud. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And so I I try to talk as often as possible about like what it means to I hate to say ethical marketing because it's such a buzzword, but like to market responsibly, yeah. to sell responsibly, to write copy that doesn't manipulate or trigger or like evoke trauma that mm. allows people to buy from a calm place and not like an adrenaline fueled, you know, like, oh my God, the countdown timer's going. And so I think in terms of like improving. For me, it's just been having a lot of conversations and verbally processing and then listening when someone's like, hey, you just said something really screwed up. And I'm like, cool. All right. Let's think about that. Like, I need to think about that. What can we talk about? Tell me more about that, you know, and and that helps me improve. Like one of our core values in our business is like being wrong. Like everybody gets to be wrong, right? Yeah. Like That is like, that's a good thing. How can we learn from that? And so I think just having more conversations and seeing what people resonate with and like are surprised by that is like, oh, let's talk more about this, right? And mm-hmm. and where somebody's like, hmm, white lady, let's have a conversation about <laughs> yeah. what you just said. And and that doesn't happen often, but I I want that to happen more and more, right? Otherwise, it's just like you're just talking to hear yourself talk. And so I think that's how I improve is just talking a lot and and then stopping and listening and seeing where the conversation's going, you know.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Um I appreciate all of that. And I want to push back and say that you are a leader to your team. And I think that there are different leadership styles and you and I have I think a very we've only just talked in this conversation but a very similar leadership yeah. style for our team in that like we walk alongside of our teams and we yeah. allow them to own their zone of genius and show up as their best selves and we know what seat we're supposed to sit in as a CEO and we let them sit in their seats as the amazing people that they are so that is a leadership style that I think lets everybody flourish you know instead of feeling like you always have to be right like you were saying you know you get to be wrong and you know what you don't know and you let them own what they know so yeah
1: I I think think that's right I'll I'll own that (laughs) okay okay
0: (laughs) so where can we find you in the online space and continue this conversation
1: (laughs) yeah um every now and then I show up on Instagram pretty terrible (laughs) social media I also have a YouTube channel where I teach um, both how to grow a premium copywriting business and also like launch strategy and copy and all that Um, I definitely connect the most with my email list and so if you want to actually like have a conversation, keep listening to my like ridiculous anecdotes with my toddler and my life and email list is, is the place to be. And, um, I know that we have a free gift where people can hop on the email list. Totally.
0: And we're going to put that in the show notes at tashabooth.com forward slash podcast. But if you could quickly tell us about what that download is.
1: Yeah. So it's a Trello board that Erica helped me set up that we use in our business. And it is, we have a couple like central hubs, like we have a million Trello boards, but a couple that are like a whole team's in here. And so this is our client project management Trello board. And when somebody inquires, we have like a 50,000 step long zap that basically gets a million things set up in there. And that's where like the inquiry goes. And then that client, that project moves from like inquiry to sales call to, contract signed to onboarding and and that's where we have all of our checklists and then after that project is onboarded then they have their own trello board but this is the one where when we like when i click on that board i see every project that's in process what is booked you know three months from now that we're going to be working on what is now finished what are we waiting to finish what is currently in process and so it's a really really helpful overview and my entire team is in there so we're able to really um delegate all the different tasks and make sure that we're on the same page and not like, oh, did they get this email? They get this. It's, it's just a really, it's a really yeah. lovely place to be.
0: Oh, I <laughs> that love little that. board. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Once again, we're going to have that at Tashabooth.com forward slash podcast. Brittany, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. This was a delight. Oh, I love it.
0: Interested in becoming a certified launch manager? Our next cohort starts super soon, and we would love to have you. If you've got the basics down as a VA, tech VA, OBM, project manager, director of operations, or so on, and want to learn the insides and outs of managing launches, this certification is for you. Learn more and apply now at tashabooth.com forward slash launch. That's tashabooth.com forward slash launch. We can't wait to see your application in my inbox. Let's level up together.